0: Hey folks, thank you for tuning in to Go Black Boy Go I am your host Jalen And we're back um, For some reason I've just been putting off um, Actually sitting down and recording episodes I'm pretty sure it has something to do with the fact that there's a pandemic going on And like I At first I thought that I was going to be able to just ignore it and I don't know why I wanted to just ignore it Um, and I think I was just kind of still in this like productivity kind of mind frame Um, but yeah it's just been just like the severity of it has just been weighing down on me on top of having to do school and having to teach and just like life stuff happening during all of this. It's just a lot sometimes. And then I think it just kind of since this has been going on, it's just kind of been bringing down my motivation to record. And then also before that, I've just kind of had a lack of motivation to record too, because, um, I keep using school as an excuse But sometimes I just I don't know Sometimes I I have a lack of confidence In producing this podcast Um, But I know that comes from Me not I think it comes from me not Doing it as often as I Was doing it before Um, So yeah I'm just very much still Trying to figure out Like how how to continue doing the podcast and how to be more consistent. Um, because I do like and I, I do like doing it and I like sharing my experience. Um, and, yeah, I just want to, I guess think like, thank myself out of this kind of like dump, but also, There's a pandemic going on. So it's just kind of hard to like not feel down at times. Yeah. So that's the opening. (laughs) Um, We're going to move into my first segment, which I'm still trying to figure out a name for. I realized that I was just talking about teaching and wasn't talking about the stuff I have to deal with with being a graduate student as well. So I'm still going to think on the name. But this is like teaching slash grad school corner right now so as far as teaching the transition to teaching online has not it hasn't i've made it so that it it's not going to be stressful for me i'm not doing zoom calls um i'm not doing weekly videos and things like that i feel as though students might want that but i also don't want my course to be one that like it's a it's a it's a entry-level writing course I when I teach it in person um I, I, I don't overcomplicate it Um but I definitely don't want to overcomplicate it now and I don't want to I guess I just made a decision that I didn't want to spend my time While all this was going on, trying to figure out how to work new technology and map out time to make videos and things like that. So instead, I've just given them like lecture notes and just kind of like explaining, paragraphing and certain writing things that they would need to know to write an essay Um, and that's been productive for the most part. Um, as always, I do have a few white students because I teach like black stuff, um, just stuff that talks about race, stuff that talks about blackness. Um, I always have a a few white students that are like, why, why are they talking about I I know that some white people are terrible But not all white people are terrible And I don't get why this author says this They're biased and blah, blah 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 And it's just really interesting to read those comments Because I know One, I know that it's like a defensive comment And two, I feel like the students aren't actually grasping the argument Because and I know it takes I know it takes a while for that skill to that critical thinking skill to develop. And I guess I assume that they already have those skills. Um, so that's definitely something that I can work on. Maybe no, certainly work on um, improving those critical thinking skills, which I f- actually know I do that um, because I have them work with these ideas on that one piece um throughout the term pretty much whether they want to or not they're going to have to confront yeah they're gonna have to confront their whiteness um which is not intentional or maybe it is um but yes like i i just always find those comments interesting and I'm starting to be more comfortable with them being uncomfortable and I'm starting to um, find ways of moving them to rethinking their identity. I feel like um, before in the past two terms that I've taught, um, I've felt afraid of Presenting this kind of reading to them, um, just because I know that majority of my students are are usually going to be white. Um, but I think I think since since I've been teaching it for two terms um, or teaching for two terms in general, I think um, I'm starting to get used to the kinds of reactions that I might get. Um, and I'm starting to become more prepared on how to respond to them, um, which is, I'd say, yeah, I'm starting to be more comfortable with uh, just the uncomfortable nature of teaching about race and and meetings, meeting students where they're at and and understanding that they are going to have these reactions like this because they haven't really thought about their whiteness and in, in in such ways um so yeah that's been really i guess interesting this term um and i don't know if i feel more comfortable teaching this um or or addressing this because it's online so yeah that's another thing that i've been kind of thinking about too which can can be a different episode <laughs> Um, As far as school is going, I've definitely been slacking off. I've definitely been doing the bare minimum. Um, Luckily, most of my professors are giving less reading and um, less writing. Um, But it's been very hard to keep up a routine on getting those smaller assignments in. Um, just because generally I have a lack of motivation. Um, and then I also, I I don't want to feel like I have to overachieve in this pandemic. Um, and like the, there's like so many emails, there's so many, um, virtual like virtual things that we keep getting stuff about so many um features of of graduate students that have um got accepted in journals and things like that and it's 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 easy it's hard it's easy to get into this kind of mind frame of like oh i should be doing i should be doing more than what i'm doing now but no, I'm just really like, seriously, I'm just trying to get through this term because <laughs> I, I don't know, like, I don't know if I, I don't know why I have to keep explaining this, but because there's a pandemic going on and it seems like at least on the university level, they're just trying to keep chugging along um, b- because I'm starting what I'm starting to see is the university is definitely um, indebted to students being in the university and paying to go to the university so it's just kind of like desperation to prove that you like the university is essential at this time which i believe education is but i don't know about um like well i i feel like i'm talking myself into a hole i i, I know i feel i I, I believe that education is definitely important. I don't know if the university, the way that it's structured is in the way that it runs um, in this kind of like corporate kind of way, which I didn't know until I got into graduate school. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that is helpful because it's like this kind of like, oh, we have to keep the students here. We have to keep um our, like, we have to keep investing into the university and stuff. And I know they've lost a lot of money because they're not doing here at Oregon. And I'm pretty sure at other schools, they're not doing uh, athletics right now. And if this is prolonged for um, a while, there won't be a football season. Um, and I know I have one student that was like saying he's like campaigning for there to be a football a season but it's like that's not going to happen if there's a pandemic going on and it's like people it's like people like in those higher up positions um really don't understand what's going on or or they they need something they need the university to keep like like to keep going on as if nothing's going on because if they stop then the money stops um so yeah that's that is I guess the climate that I I I feel I'm under as a graduate student and that many graduate students feel. Um but it's also interesting to see the university kind of slowly crumbling and and all of these um things being exposed about the way that the university operates. Um which yeah it, it's been really interesting. I have my um, breath exams coming up this summer, so I will be studying um, for my first round of exams uh, this summer. I am doing... So the way that breath exams work is that you have two theoretical fields or or one theoretical field and one literature-based field um, that you compose like a list of forty about forty texts. Um and then you read read that list over the summer. You um write a ten page two a ten page paper for each list um sometime during the fall. Um and then um once you're once you pass that portion then you move on to the oral exam where it's like a three hour conversation about um I wouldn't say it's a conversation, it's like a interrogation almost about those two lists. Um and I decided to do two theoretical fields um mainly because um it's not that I don't read literature or want to study literature, it's that I, I didn't want to do a whole field on um, literature. Um, for my exam. So I did two theoretical fields, um, one queer studies and one, um, performance studies. Um, and I chose those two because those were like the best way for me to, um, ex- explore the things that I want to explore about blackness and, um, and queerness and things like that. Um, through those two fields, um, and so yeah, I'm gonna be studying for those um over the summer. And um I guess right now I'm just trying to figure out how that's gonna work. Um um considering um what's going on currently. And I don't know, like I, I this is this part of, of graduate school has been like um something that I've been wanting to get to the exam stage um and it's just um now now it's just kind of uh different considering um uh covid so um yeah so so I'm gonna have to figure out how to be motivated during that and um just get get through this um because at this point um even though I don't even though I want to just like rest and I will definitely find ways to rest, um, I, I I I guess I just have also come to the realization that um I I'm I gotta I gotta keep going. But then I don't know why I feel like I have to keep going. I wanna move on to the next segment um that I'm calling what I've been seeing to i guess reflect on um how i'm thinking about black my black queer identity um now i mean that's kind of been something that um i've been thinking more on and i guess wrestling with um recently um and i think it's um coming from conversations that i've been having in therapy about my racial and um sexual orientation and I guess experiences from experiences from that and experiences from childhood that have I guess made me have these ideas about myself and um things like that so I'm I'm very much I'm very so in a very much so in a reflective mood right now so um I know this is kind of late <laughs> but um there's like the don't rush challenge um which i don't know what the original challenge was but i'm specifically referring to the black gay um edition that um was like a thing for like a couple weeks ago um which featured um a video of um multiple black gay couples um which was certainly adorable i thought um And then, um, I saw, uh, this tweet that kind of just, uh, that critiques it. Um, and the tweet is nearly every, every nigga in the don't Rest" challenge, gay black love edition passed the quote unquote paperback test. What a moment. So pretty much the, the, the criticism to that video is that, um most of the men were 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 light skin um and um most of the um other criticism is that they all kind of like look the same and they all were this kind of like muscle of <laughs> when someone called them like light skin muscle gay <laughs> um and kind kind of look um and i know since then there have been um some other ones that um, show different kinds of of couples um, and that are, I guess, more inclusive. But this first one was one that people reacted to um, a lot and, and critiqued it for um, just how it portrays black gay love. And I guess for me, um, it's an interesting debate because um as someone that dates a, a white man um i i i have not I, I don't know what black gay love looks like um and i think we, we like we at, in, as a society in general we don't really see what um black gay love looks like um often and I I understand the criticism that you know when when there are moments where this kind of love is represented um when it's represented uh when the representation is tailored towards one group um it uh, it becomes uh i guess not as genuine as it should be and not as like inclusive of different kinds of black people um as it should be um I, I i feel like there was like a one comment from one of those quote unquote light-skinned muscle gays where they were like well if you don't like the video then make your own and um i i definitely think that kind of thinking um doesn't address the the larger issues that people were were, were commenting on um so yeah, I mean, like I said, as a person that dates a white man, I I really don't know how to think about um, black gay love um, in a way that is. <laughs> I don't I don't like as as a as a black queer man who dates a white man, I don't. Sometimes I get into these. Phases where um i'm like almost having a crisis like before it was like oh like am i am i truly black if i'm with a white partner um and i know that's like a ongoing conversation um like just all the time um And I don't know what I really want to say about this because, um, I guess this requires like a lot of vulnerability. Um, and I guess I'm starting to feel more comfortable with, with sharing these kinds of, of feelings and thoughts. Um, but yes, I, have had, I, for me, for me, I've had to confront that, um, possibly my decision to, um, date a white man comes from um my own kind of like internalized um racism that I've dealt with and and self hate that I've dealt with um in the past and and I guess that has that's definitely what has led me to date mainly white men in my past. Um I guess now um having a white partner is definitely tied to the way that I think about my position or or how i think about my blackness people might uh assume things about me because of that like the whole uncle tom thing or like many many other st- things that we say about uh black people who date white people <laughs> um and and it's also contradicting right because i always drag white people <laughs> and then um I, I have a white partner. <laughs> um, I mean, this is definitely uncomfortable to talk about because I feel like I'm, like, I don't want people to think I'm like, like a victim <laughs> for, for, for like being like, oh, like, oh, I date a white man, and like black people are gonna like shun me from the community. Like, no, I don't, I don't want to sound like that, but I, I want to acknowledge that it's it's something that I think about, um, but it's not something that I have like it's not something that I've experienced., um, and it's not something that I it's not something that I can say that I something that I fear experiencing, but it's some it's not something that I have experienced so far. So I guess it's like an anxiety that I have. um but I definitely don't want to it to sound like, um, Like, woe is me, and, like, I'm a victim, and, like, um, yeah, I definitely don't want to sound like that, um, but, yeah, just in terms of relating this back to how I think about my, my black queer identity, um, I guess I've just been trying to reflect more on ways that I'm, (laughs) ways that I can, articulate my my identity um without having i guess those traditional kind of ideas about what it means to be black um in my life um in terms of a a partner in terms of like an environment to be around um last week I or last episode I kind of like made a comment that was like oh I don't talk in the kind of like sassy gay black way and I've kind of like felt some type of way about it because one I don't really know what I meant by that and two it kind of felt like I was rejecting um that identity or like or ways of expressing that identity um and then sometimes I, I I feel like that comment comes from Again the anxieties that I have around How how I'm How I can How I can articulate my My blackness um, If I'm not surrounded around Black people and black queer people um, Yeah I, I guess I've just been thinking more about how am I going to be able to do that? Um, if I like, currently, I I feel like how, how am I going to be able to do that? If I'm not around, uh, physically black crew, well, won't be around people physically for a while now, but if I'm physically not in a sort of space where, um, black queer identity is articulated or I haven't been offered I haven't encountered those spaces um and then I feel like when I do actually find those spaces I still feel this anxiety that I won't fully be accepted um because um I don't know I I guess I've just been I guess I'm just hard on I don't want to say hard on myself, I guess it's just a lack of confidence, really, where I I feel as though when I finally really do find that, like, black, queer space, um, I feel like I will have to reserve parts of myself or try to perform, overperform other parts of myself, which I... Again, these aren't things that I've experienced. These are things that i I just think I have to do um and yeah i guess I guess I just am in a very vulnerable place right now where I'm thinking about that and desiring this kind of like bond with other black queer people, but afraid of not not having that bond. Because of Not feeling like my Sometimes I don't feel like my identity Is Like Sometimes I don't feel like I fit The kind of like Mold of what I see Black queerness to be But then again I can't Limit um, the the representation of what black queer identity looks like, I can't limit it to that. And I can't distance myself from that because it's not me. Um, I guess if I'm starting to, s- I'm, I'm wanting to see that if I feel like I identify with this community, I should definitely embrace it and not feel as though that I'll be immediately excluded without having those experiences so that's one part of that but then i'm still i still always circle back to um how does having a white partner situate within trying to um i guess engage in those spaces obviously i don't i i don't (laughs) i don't think i'm gonna right like when i do find those spaces i don't think i'm going to bring him to those immediately um because you know he's white <laughs> um and um, uh, like luckily um my partner I kind of like well he was on a previous episode um we've been talking more directly about white privilege and things like this and luckily he doesn't like white people as much as I don't like them so it, it's good to have somebody to just drag white people with um but yeah i definitely don't feel like it would be like an immediate thing where i would bring him into those spaces um without first engaging them myself and um feeling comfortable with myself but i i am interested to see what it's going to be like um one when I, once i find my like my black queer community and just like all black folks and they date black folks as well, and then I I show up and with a white man. I I, I think it's gonna be. F- I, I imagine that it would be funny, um. But honestly, I think um. I think I'll feel, I'll begin to feel more comfortable with. I guess how I'm choosing to articulate my blackness. Once I become more confident and yes, I don't fit into certain molds about what it means to be black and queer. And certainly I don't express myself in ways that I have seen what it means to be black and queer, but I identify with black queerness and I am choosing to articulate it in a way that best fits me and, and best makes me feel good Um, and I also reserve moments where things could get problematic if your white partner is not for black people if you're not able to talk about black stuff with your white partner or if you're a person of color who dates a white person you're not able to talk about your culture with them it's I I don't think it's going to work because those kind of, like, uncomfortable conversations are ones that you have to have if, like, you're going to be able to be in a relationship with them and articulate yourself and explore yourself. I don't. So my roommate is vacuuming right now. Um, I think we're just going to have to deal with that because um, <laughs> this is probably, like, the only time that I can really record right now. And they're vacuuming, so... Um, we're just going to act like it's not happening um, What I'm so done with this week I, I feel like it's just going to be understood That I'm always going to be talking about the university um, Because it's just really absurd how things are beginning Like how things are just continuously operating And um. Like there's no consideration for uh, how st- it's like this. They they act like they consider like oh some students might not be having the best time right now blah blah, blah. but really it's just like no they want their they want their money oh. they want their money they want uh, they, they like they want things ran a certain way. I I received the most passive aggressive email. Or message I ever have. Um, and it was just two sentences. From a professor. who, um, Which said. Um, Thank you for finally getting back with me. Can I count on you. To be more prompt in the future. And I. Was just like. Yes. Uh, yes I'll make sure to be more prompt. But at first it was just like. Where the fuck is this coming from. Um, like. Like don't you understand that like there's a pandemic going on and people aren't always checking emails all the time um and it's like i feel like there's just professors that are still professors that are already like super super like controlling already but like that are especially like still trying to maintain that um through an online kind of platform like i sat in a class for i mean i'm pretty sure everybody every i'm pretty sure a lot of graduate students are having to do this but i sat in a two-hour class on like teaching like this past week and <laughs> it was on a it was on friday and i was just like "Oh, it was yesterday so i'm like oh my god like i don't want to be here for two hours but the teacher literally literally kept us for two hours and I was just like, oh, I didn't think that this was actually going to be a thing. All right. Well, thank y'all for tuning into this episode and uh thank y'all for listening to me um talk about uh I guess thank y'all for for allowing me to just continue to be more open and vulnerable with you. Um I am scared about <laughs> um I guess reactions to what i i guess what i discussed today but um this is my show <laughs> it's, thank you for coming to my show as with windy worms, would say um some stuff that i got coming for the future um i'm gonna be doing bonus content with um my friend um and The artist that did the cover art for my uh, podcast Will Henry Um, since I've become super obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race and it's been a show he has always been telling me to watch and it's been a show that um, he like enjoys watching Um, if you're watching the current season um, be on the lookout for RuPaul's Drag Race recap episodes um, offered through bonus content and I'll probably I'll probably be releasing those on Mondays along with um, the regular podcast episodes. So you're you're getting you're getting two sides of me on Monday now. <laughs> um. So thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Go Black Boy Go. You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean and spotify i'm not gonna say see y'all next week because i can't promise that i will record immediately next week so i'm gonna say i will see y'all next time